welcome to Church Online. We are so excited that you're joining us today. My name is Victoria Betker, and I'm one of the lead pastors here at Slate Church together with my amazing husband, Luke. And we pastor together with incredible Brandon and Emma Richardson. And we just want to extend a warm welcome. We're so excited that you're taking time out of your day to join us for church. And hey, if you're watching at one of our service times right now, you actually have a, an invite button happening right now in the chat for you to invite your friends and family to join us. As we're doing church online, it's never been more accessible to invite our, our friends, family, neighbors, coworkers to join us for church. So why don't you click that button and invite some people to join us today. And if this is your first time joining us today, or maybe you've been tuning in for a while, but you haven't actually connected with us yet, we would love to get to know you. So why don't you, again in the chat, click the connect button so we can uh, uh, so we can connect with you. You're gonna fill out a, a connect card. We would love for you to do that. So we can answer any questions you might have. Again, just get to know you a little bit better. Uh, you can also go to our website, website slatechurch.com and fill that out there. Cause we just, we wanna get to know you. But hey, we're gonna transition into a time of worship as we always do when it comes to our, our services. We wanna start off with, with worshiping. So why don't you stand up Move around, let's get ready to worship. Come on, sing along. Everybody, there's a song. There's a song that stirs the spirit and it calls the heart to life. It's an anthem in the making. Can you feel it start to rise? Can you hear the generations getting louder over time? Every son and every daughter singing out into the night. It's not time to be silent. Don't you dare hide your light. There's a world outside your window, so don't let it Lift your hands to the heavens, lift your voice to the sky. Praise the Lord of all creation, let his name be lifted high. We're singing,
break in a blink of an eye. Yeah, then all I sin, nowhere in sight. For the Lord, He is alive. See the lost return from the dead of the night. Every captive free, every chain left behind. Have you ever seen such a beautiful sight? All the world coming alive. See the world light up one heart at a time. See the strong. Let's press into the presence of God wherever you are. The presence of God is right there with you. Come on, let's sing together in the darkness. In the darkness, we were waiting without hope and without light. Till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets. To a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt.
Till the storms move for good, for the land and conquered death. And the devils from their tombs, heavy angels turning on. For the souls of all who can, to the Father I
Incredible 
uh, worship team. We're so uh, thankful for every uh, all the work that you're putting in every single week when it comes to leading us in worship. We're going to transition into a time now of prayer. Uh, we are a church that believes in the power of prayer, and we want to stand alongside you in prayer for the things that you are praying and, 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 and asking God for. So we would love for you to submit a prayer request or a praise report. And again, you can go to our website, website slatechurch.com slash prayer and, and submit that so we can stand alongside you in faith, believing for God to move in your situation. Some of the things that we're praying for this week is we're praying for guidance and discernment for someone regarding a career change, prayer that the right doors open. We're praying for a healthy pregnancy for someone during the last 11 weeks. We're praying that God will provide a mentor for someone. We're praying for complete physical healing for someone. We're also praying for, for healing and peace of mind for someone's friend who is battling an incurable cancer. We're also praying for wisdom for someone after dealing with racial microaggressions at work. So lots of different things happening, but again, we, we believe that in, we believe in the power of prayer and that God hears our prayers and He is more than able to meet every single need, whatever it is that you're facing. So why don't you join your faith with mine as we pray? God, we thank you so much that you are a good God. We thank you that you are in control and that whatever is happening around us, within us, God, that we can just Lay it at your feet knowing that you are sovereign, God. So we pray for healing where healing is needed. We thank you that the name of Jesus is above every disease. It's above cancer, whatever it is that we're facing, God. We thank you for, for peace. We just pray for, for, for wisdom for those that are in need of wisdom and for you to open up the right doors uh, that, that we need to have open, God. Uh, so we just thank you that you are moving in every single situation. And we just thank you in advance for everything that you are about to do. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We also take time to read out the praise reports, and this is so encouraging. So again, if you have a praise report that you uh, want to share with us, we would love for you to, to, to fill that out on our website so we can just be encouraged by what God is doing in your life. Someone is thankful for God's protection of good health for their family. Come on, let's not take that for granted. Someone is thankful for Canada's healthcare system during this unprecedented time. Someone is thankful for an incredible connect group. Come on, shout out connect groups and how well it has gone while being online during the season. If you want to join a connect group, again, go to our website and you can fill that out. We would love to get you connected. Someone is thankful for an incredible church community. It's amazing. I mean, we all are right now. Come on, it's so good. Someone is thankful that their grandfather only required a stint after having a heart attack and is doing well. Someone is thankful for quality time spent with great friends. And someone is thankful for the upcoming worship nights and to get to worship together in person with other believers, which I'll chat a little bit more in, a while, in just a little bit. But uh, why don't you take a moment right now and, and send a text to someone, say hello. Uh, if Maybe if you're sitting with friends and family, just take a moment and just say hi to, to one another. Well, we're now going to take some time for generosity. Generosity is something we really believe in as a church and that we are blessed to be a blessing. So to encourage us in our generosity today, I'm going to welcome Pastor Emma. Acts 4 verse 32 says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. You know, this was right at the beginning of the establishment of the local church, of this Jesus movement. Jesus had ascended to heaven and, and we're seeing this message, this gospel, the good news of Jesus coming and dying on the cross and rising again so that we can have relationship with him. We see that spreading and people are coming into the faith and we see that people are, are, are really moving this forward. And I love this verse, I find it so interesting because these early Christians, these early believers, they were all 
in. They were all in. They were sharing their possessions. They weren't holding it back. They weren't dealing with, with greed. They were saying, you know what? I want to sacrifice what I have. I want to give all of me because I know the truth of Jesus. You know, church, I want to encourage you today to ask yourself the question, am I all in? Maybe you've been coming to Slate Church for a long time. Maybe you've been tuning in online uh, since the beginning of this pandemic. Maybe you have uh, found a home here at Slate Church, but maybe you have resisted and found it difficult to actually give financially to Slate, to actually give financially to the local church, to what God is doing here in Waterloo. And, and listen, I get that. You know, it's easy to go, well, what if? What if I gave? What if I gave on a regular basis? What if I set up monthly automatic giving? What if I did text to tithe? What, what if then I didn't have enough control? What if I didn't have enough to, to do on my own? It's easy to say, God, I trust you, but it's hard to say, God, I'm gonna trust you with everything. And I just wanna encourage you that God is a good God. And when we can actually say, I'm gonna trust you with everything, I'm gonna be all in, I'm actually gonna give of myself and, and, and be bought in, fully in, to what you are doing. It's incredible what that release brings in your life, what that release brings in the life of the church, what that release brings in the life of the people around you. It just brings a freedom to you because you're saying, God, I'm not gonna focus on myself. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna be all in. So I just wanna encourage you that here's an opportunity that you can give financially. Uh, we love generosity as a church, generosity with time, generosity with resources, generosity with money. And it's not because we need your money. That's not why. We want to see generosity for you. We want to see God work in your life in incredible ways. But in order to do that, we need to make sure that we're constantly releasing to God what is his and releasing to God to have power and strength in our lives. So I just want to encourage you in that and, and believe for that for you today. So listen, there's a lot of different ways you can give. They're coming up on the screen. They're going to be jumping up in the chat. And, and I just really encourage you consider that today. It doesn't have to be an impulsive decision. Take it away. Think about it. What is God asking me to do here? What is God asking me to give? Is this an issue of trust? Is this an issue of, of not, not being all in and holding back? and in what God has for me today. So I'm gonna pray for our giving, and then we are going to do that today. Jesus, I just pray that you would take what comes in throughout this week, God, and you would multiply it, that you would work in incredible ways with it, Lord. And I just pray that for the hearts of so many people viewing right now, Lord, that, that we would be able to be generous with our finances, but more than that, that we would choose to trust in you at any cost. In your name we pray, amen. Hey Slate Church, so good to see you today, whether you're watching live or later, so glad that you would tune into church online. You know, one of the things that we've been doing in these services, uh, as we've been kind of digital together, is actually sharing some of the testimonies of what God has done in the lives, the stories of some of the people in our church. And we've got one for you today with a phenomenal person here. Uh, Dave, why don't you introduce yourself, man? Thanks, Jared. Yeah, I'm Dave Elhard. I've been going to Slate for a year and a half now, and I serve on Muscle Team. Dave, uh, you uh, you and I have been able to get to know each other really well in the last little bit. Just we've been working together a lot. You actually lead a lot of what we do for Muscle Team um, in in our church, and so 
uh, yeah, I think like it, you're, you've got a great testimony. I'm excited for people to hear today. Why don't you tell us a little bit of, of your story? Be happy to. And uh, I will take you back to five years ago, Dave. And five years ago, Dave, I looked pretty good from the outside. I was going to church every Sunday. I was serving in church every Sunday. I was mentoring high school kids and volunteering, um, being a leader. And my private life couldn't be farther from that. My private life, I was in a very unhealthy relationship with a woman in Toronto that I was commuting to go and sleep with. Um, And that went on for about a year. And like, I mean, where were you at in this year of your life? Like, what was that doing to you as a person? It was not good. Um, I was, as you can uh, thank you, I was physically, I was drained. I wasn't sleeping right. I wasn't eating properly, uh, but also emotionally um, and spiritually, I was just dead. Um, I was, I felt like the biggest hypocrite you could ever think of. Um, so one night, 3 a.m. in the morning, after having a year of this, off and on again relationship that was very unhealthy, um, I ended it. And I thought at that point that that was gonna be the end. And I stuffed it deep down inside my heart. I stuffed it deep to the back of my brain. And I tried to put it in a corner and forget about it. But that wasn't what happened. Um, For the last five years, it's really been something that has constantly come back up in my life whenever I've try to get close to people, whether it's friendships, whether it's relationships, like uh, romantic relationships. Um, the devil's already brought, always brought that up and had a little whisper that's like, if only they knew, um, then it would ruin you and your reputation would be gone. People wouldn't accept you. Um, and as I said, that went on for five years up until this year when I was able to share it with a good friend of mine, uh, Jay. Jay, love you, buddy. Um, and that was just so freeing for me. It was something that uh, changed changed my life, to be honest. And I was able to share it with my family. I was able to share it with you, Jared, uh, which was really great. And now I'm able to share it with the rest of the church. And it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know when you and I talked about it, I was was kind of blown away. Not not because, you know, like I was so shocked by what had happened, but just because you're somebody that I think has a ton of character, a ton of integrity, and that's an area of life we've talked about this a lot that I would have never kind of guessed that that has gone on in your past or that you've struggled with in, in a previous season. You just have so much character integrity around that now as we've been talking. And so, I mean, like, it's an incredible story of what God has done in your life. Out of that, what would you say to somebody? How would you encourage somebody that maybe is carrying a lot of shame for stuff that they've done in their past uh, or carrying a secret that like maybe it's a it's a secret pattern, a secret sin that they've got that's happening on a regular basis. Maybe they're living a double life. What would you say to somebody in a spot like that to encourage them? I would say share it. <laughs> um, don't believe the lies that you're telling yourself, um, especially with the community here at Slate. I mean, I'm not saying shout it from the street corner to a bunch of strangers, but I'm saying get some people that you trust that you really are close with and share that with them. And I think the grace that they'll show you will blow your mind Um, and your life will not end. your reputation will not be shattered um, and it'll be something that's so healing for you. Um, I think we need to do it honestly more in the church. I think we have a reputation sometimes of having a church be where we show our best selves, where it's a, a hall for saints, but really it's a hospital for sinners. 
Um, and I'm happy to be one of those patients. And uh, yeah. That's huge, man. I think like uh, that, that it's so true to, to share and to invite people into some of the things that we're struggling with. It's, I mean, it's like, it's the reality of our lives or where we're at and, and God can't, you know, heal something that we're pretending to be. He's got to meet us where we are. And I think that's a really powerful thing, really powerful encouragement. And I think like for, for all of us uh, as well, like whether we're sharing where we're at in our life with others or whether we're hearing somebody share, just remembering to have that grace, you know, that even that you mentioned that Jay was showing you that just freed you up. That was a representation of the grace that God had for you. I think that that's huge. Um, but dude, again, you're somebody that has a ton of character, a ton of integrity. Um, like I love you. I'm so grateful for you in our church. I'm so grateful for the leadership that you bring to Muscle Team. And, um, and I think this is a powerful testimony of what God has done in your life. And I'm excited for people to hear it. I'm excited to see how it impacts people. And um, I just want to say thank you for, for being honest and real. I think we need to do it more as people. And I love what you said about uh, being a hospital for sinners. And I think we're all patients in that. And so thank you so much for, for being honest, for being vulnerable and sharing your heart and what God's done in your life. I'm excited to see how it impacts uh, people in our church as well. Thanks, Jared. Love you, man. Appreciate love it. You. Hey, how encouraging was that? Hearing a little bit more from, from Dave and his story. Thank you so much, Dave, for sharing that. I wanna just give you a little bit of update what's happening here at Slay Church, what we have coming up. There's always lots of things in the work. So make sure that you are following us on social media and checking out our website so you can stay up to date so you're not missing out on anything. Uh, next week, we actually have a, a pretty big week happening. We're calling it the week. That's how big it's gonna be. Uh, we're gonna take some time for prayer and worshiping. Uh, we're gonna start off with having prayer mornings happening Monday to Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 7. And we're also gonna be doing some lives throughout the week as well. So make sure that you are staying, again, and up to date with that through our social media. And we're just gonna take time to come together as a church family, praying for, for our city, praying for this nation, everything that is going on in the world, and praying for our church and what God has in store for us. So make sure that you put that in your calendar. We would love to see you there as we just join faith, uh, join, join together in faith, believing for what God has in store for us. We're also gonna be doing something that we are so excited about. It has been a long time coming, something that we've been longing for and missing, uh, which is that we're actually gonna be able to gather in person, yes, you heard that right, in person for worship nights. And this is something that we are, again, so expectant for and really believe that God is gonna move through these worship nights. But again, considering everything that is happening, of course, there are some things we need to be uh, keeping in mind and be wise about. Uh, so you have to register for these nights. It's happening August 25th, 26th, and 27th. You can find all the information on our website. It's gonna be happening at Maxwell's. And uh, we would love to see you there. But again, you need to register. So make sure that you do that. Slots are filling up quickly. So make sure that you reserve your spot so we can come together and worship. Uh, so we would love to see you there. Make sure you check it out, slatechurch.com slash the week. And you can find all the information on all the, uh, the, the, the regulations that we're going to be keeping to make sure that everyone is staying safe. But we are so expectant for what God is going to be doing. So come on, great things are in store for us. But we also have something great just coming up right now, which is the message. We're going to continue our home blind series. So make sure that you get your heart, heart ready, uh, get your heart prepared, get your Bible out, get your notebook out, and let's uh, make sure that we are leaning into what God has in store for us today. Why don't you welcome with me Pastor Brandon. Hey church, it's so good to have you tuning in to Church Online. We are so glad to have you. And we pray that so far, this entire service has been a blessing to you. We're really excited 
that you would join us. And really, um, I'm looking forward to bringing you a message that I believe that God's placed on my heart for our church. And uh, you know, we're, we're, we're really excited about all that. Whether you're tuning in live or on demand, thank you for taking the time to actually engage with what God's doing through Slate Church. And I would encourage you, if you're always watching on demand, try to make one of our live service times. There's something about gathering together as the church and you know, even, even just chatting together, uh, chatting with one another as the service goes on. We have that at 9 and 10.30 every single Sunday. But if you're tuning in on demand, you're no less tuning in and so we're so glad to have you. Today we're talking, um, we're talking about opportunity for impact. We're still in a series called Home Blind as a Church. This series is a collection of messages where we're talking about the areas of our church that sometimes we become home blind in. You know, home blind is this idea that sometimes we live with things in our homes that we meant to change when we first moved in or when we first arrived or we noticed it, but we've just been living with it for some time because uh, we, we failed to notice it as time has go, gone on. You know, there's so many aspects to our house, to our home, Slate Church as a home, that actually we can grow home blind in, that we can forget it's actually our responsibility to carry out these things. It's been a great series so far. I don't know about you, but I've been enjoying it. Um, if you've been enjoying it and you're watching live, why don't you just uh, let us know how you've been feeling about it in the chat? Because this is a series that we really believe is gonna help prepare us and propel us into the fall as a church and everything that God has for us. You know, we really love um, to dream big as a church. And we're dreaming big for what God could be doing through us. Even in the midst of a pandemic, God has a plan. There's a different type of a pandemic going on. It's not a conspiracy. God has a plan in the midst of this pandemic for you and your family and the people that are around you to bring into relationship with him and to see your God-given potential explode in this season. I really believe it. My name is Brandon Richardson. I'm one of the lead pastors of Slate Church alongside my wife, Emma, and we pastor alongside the incredible Luke and Victoria Betger. Today, we're gonna be talking about opportunity for impact. Opportunity for impact. And uh, we're gonna find ourselves in Luke chapter 10, verse 25. We're gonna be going through a story that many of us have heard before. And uh, it's the story of the Good Samaritan. I'm gonna read it out for you. And I'm actually going to skip a little bit here and uh, just give you the context. There's a, there's a, a ruler uh, of the, or a lawmaker. He's questioning Jesus. He's trying to trip him up. And basically Jesus is answering one of his questions. And the question that he's answering is, who is my neighbor? Jesus says this, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. Shout out Jericho, by the way. He, he's been helping during this time. You might not know him, but there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that you don't see. And uh, Jericho's been helping mix some of the music and that sort of thing. We love you, Jericho. Down from Jerusalem to Jericho, when he fell into the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Looking after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any expense you may have. And Jesus asks, 
Which of these three men do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Hey, that's our prayer for us today. Go and do likewise. Why don't we pray as we get into this today? Jesus, I thank you so much that we get to gather here today. Jesus, I thank you so much that your word is alive and that it does not return void. God, when your word is spoken out and we receive it, it does something in our souls. God, help us to receive it so it might actually produce something in us, produce something in those we come into contact with as we internalize what you speak today and actually share it with the people around us through the way we live and the words we use. We pray this in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. And if you, even if you didn't just say it out loud there, why don't you just throw in the chat right now, amen. Amen. Well, you know, we're going to talk about opportunity for impact here. And uh, one thing that I know from living in the same society as you do, and the same world that you do, no matter where you find yourself, is that people are all about opportunity. I see this amongst colleagues in the church as well. We're always talking about opportunity. I had an opportunity to speak at this church. I had an opportunity to go serve in the mission field. I had this opportunity. And we're always talking about opportunity as if somehow the opportunity serves us. I like when pastors talk more about assignment. God has us on assignment. I had an assignment to go speak here. I had an assignment to go speak here. Only because it talks more about anointing than it does um, exploiting our gifting for opportunity. But I see this all over the world. I see it in the business world. Everybody's looking for an opportunity, an opportunity to invest, an opportunity to scale up in a company, an opportunity to um, to, to purchase the right thing, an opportunity. I see this with single people, an opportunity to meet the right person. I see this in families, an opportunity to get ahead. I see this all over the place, an opportunity that can unleash us into some future that is more gratifying than what we're currently experiencing. And nothing is worse, it seems, than a missed opportunity. I see this in a lot of people. They're always talking about their missed opportunities. If you've listened to me talking for long enough, you will know that I used to run cross country, okay? I get, I get laughed at all the time for this because I have now um, been out of running more than I was running competitively. But I was always talking about that, you know, that one time in grade 10 had I not got tripped and my spikes torn off by another, per by another person's cleats and, and I go on about it and I could have just beat that. And you know, I raced with somebody who now holds the, the 10 kilometer record for Canada and all the rest of this stuff. And when you listen to somebody that has missed opportunity, it's actually a sad thing. I mean, it's like Napoleon Dynamite's uncle. He's always talking to uh, Napoleon Dynamite's brother, Kip. If you never watched this, you're missing out on life. I'm telling you. He's always talking about his missed opportunities in college football. But it's a satire on real human life. The mopiness and the drudgery that goes on within human beings when we feel like we've missed an opportunity and if we had to just gain that opportunity, if we had to just capitalize on that opportunity, then maybe we'd be further along than where we currently are. You know, my grandparents had a missed opportunity and I don't know how many times I've heard the story of the gravel pit. You wanna hear the story about the gravel pit? Well, my grandparents had an opportunity just outside of Oshawa one time to purchase some land. And at the time it was $1,000 for the land. 
and they decided not to buy the land. You know, they had other priorities in their life. They wanted to, um, you know, pay down debt or, or something like that. And so they didn't buy the land for $1,000. Well, that same land that they could have bought for $1,000 was later used for a gravel pit and is now a multi-million dollar operation. The gravel pit has caused them so much um, distraught in their souls. And it actually hasn't, but you know, I, did, I realized when I was hearing the gravel pit story growing up and I was hearing, you know, Uncle, Uncle uh, Rico or whatever his name in Napoleon Dynamite, I made a decision really young to never miss a God-given opportunity. In fact, as I was trying to look back in my life for an example of some real opportunity I feel like I've missed, the truth is, is that I've really often stepped into the opportunity that's in front of me. I've decided to be a, a God, uh, a God-fearing risk taker so that I actually might capitalize on the opportunities in front of me for the kingdom. And the truth is, is that I see this desire in a lot of Christians. I see this desire in a lot of people in the world, but I also see it in a lot of people that have decided to follow Jesus already. That we want to see the opportunity for God's kingdom to move forward and we're willing to do anything for it. Except that many of us aren't willing to do it. Because all around us is an opportunity for impact and all around us are missed opportunities for impact because we make up excuses as to why we couldn't capitalize on an opportunity. There's nothing more heartbreaking to me than not a business deal that fell through 30 years ago, not a, not a, 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 a missed purchase and an investment. Those things don't break my heart as much as somebody who knows that they've been gifted by Jesus Christ to go out, make disciples, use the gifting that is in their lives, praying for opportunity, and somebody who doesn't take it that's in front of them. The story in front of us today, the, the, the story, the parable of the Good Samaritan is a story that should wake us up in our innermost uh, parts of us and say, you know what? I need to make sure that I don't walk by the opportunities that God is placing in my life to reveal the love of God to a broken world that I live in. It says that the man was left half dead and walked by by people in the church. You know, the Levite was somebody whose identity was tied to the to the temple. I would say any but any Christian volunteer uh, volunteer leader. Um, anybody like that in the church can see themselves as a Levite, but not only did the Levite walk by, but so did the priest. A modern day equivalent is a pastor. You have Christians and pastors walking by opportunities and Jesus is saying, hey, I'm looking for people that are willing to stop and recognize their neighbor that is in need of love and I need you to move into the future, not just looking for opportunity, but by capitalizing on the kingdom opportunity that is actually in front of you. Church, let's never be a church that is um, that is talking about the opportunity that we could have had, or the people that we could have served, or the, the times where we could have shared the good news of Jesus, or that person that needed help and we, we just didn't feel it in our spirits. Let's not the people be the people that talk back in the past as if somehow God did his best work in years gone by. I hear individuals talking about their time in youth group and if God would just move like that again, I think it's time for another youth group revival in our hearts for those of us that are 30 years past our youth and 30 years past what we deem as our prime. It's time to step it up into all that God has for us because guess what, Slate Church? We're not even three years old yet and our, I wanna tell you that our best opportunity, our, our best days are not behind us, they are ahead of us. And 
as lead pastors, we are leaning into the future and believing that God is actually going to do more through us into the future than he's ever done in the past. Our world is hurting like it's never hurt before. It's having a hard time hurting that, that uh, hiding that pain than it's ever had before. And it's our time as a church to say, God, open up my eyes to this world that we live in. Help me to see the world the way that you see it. Help me to see the brokenness that you see. Help my heart to break for the things that break your heart. And God, please break me out of the resistance that I so often feel when I see an opportunity to not capitalize it in your kingdom's name. It's not good enough to pray for opportunity. We need to step into the opportunity that God has for us. For so many of us, we hear stories of, of, of the business opportunities that people missed and the ramifications of, the, uh, of what didn't happen on the other side of that. But what I need to say to you today is that we need to realize that the ramifications of not stepping into kingdom opportunity are so much greater than the ones that we don't step into on a business level, on a relational level, on a financial level, on all these other levels. They do not they do not compare to the kingdom level impact that we can have if we start looking and praying and stepping into the opportunity that God places on our side. Church, let's not be a regretful group of people that move into the future somehow believing that the opportunity that lays before the church is for some other church or for some other Christian or for some other person that is gifted with some other thing. But let's believe that God has actually instilled in us not only a dream for impact, but an opportunity for impact. And let's step into all that God has for us. You see, I think that there are three things that cause the resistance in the people that walked past the person that was broken on the road, the Jewish man that was broken on the road, I believe there was three things that they walked past and, and therefore missed the opportunity that God had for them. Missed the opportunity to show God's love to them. The first thing I want to talk about is, is status. You see, um, uh, when it comes to status, Jesus is actually making quite the claim. Samaritans were known as half-breeds. It's a terrible way of describing a group of people. But in the uh, New Testament era, in the ancient Near East, this is how the Jewish people considered Samaritans. Previously, when the Assyrians had taken over the, the, the nation and the, uh, the nation of Israel, uh, they had actually um, brought in these other, this other group of people and they started intermarrying with the Jews and they started combining beliefs and all the rest of this. So the Jews believed that they were pure of religion, pure of heart and pure in their, in their race. And therefore they had a lot of contempt for the Samaritans. Jesus is making a, a, a very big statement to this Jewish ruler and this Jewish lawmaker and this Jewish expert of the law when he's saying, hey, who was the neighbor to this person? Who was the neighbor? And he's making a statement because a Levite and a priest were both Jews walking by a Jewish man that was half dead, left half dead and beaten on the side of the road. But who stopped? A Samaritan who wasn't even supposed to come into contact with a Jewish man. See, for a Levite and a priest, stopping was beneath them. For a Samaritan, stopping in society's term was actually over him. But what Jesus is saying is, hey, status is not up in our minds. Status is not something that we should look for. Status is a man-made thing that is destroyed in God's presence. Status will not get us very far. The interesting thing is status so often keeps us from the opportunity for impact that is in front of so many of us. 
Status is one of the things that actually goes down deep into our souls and actually causes us to be completely negligent in our ability to help the people around us. Because for some of us, it's below us to stop on the side of the road when people, when, when, when somebody needs help. For some of us, it's below us to reach out and help somebody that has been stuck in mental health, uh, uh, stuck in a mental health crisis for far too long. We don't want to be dragged down to their level. But here's the thing: while the Levite and the volunteer, and the and the seasoned Christian, and the board member, and the and the team leader, and the and the host member, and the production team, and and, and as they all pass by, and the pastor, and the priest, and the, as they all pass by on the other side, I want to I want to I want to challenge us today to pass by on the side of need. Don't pass by on the other side of what God is calling you to, but let's pass by on the side of what God has for us. Let's pass by on the opportunity for impact. Let's pass by on the side of need in front of us so we may show a world that Jesus hasn't just equipped us with all the all the resources we need in order to impact uh, other people, but we are willing to release those things to the people that need us, need us most. You see, I don't wanna be known for pride. I want us to be known as a church that, that is known for humility. What if we were known for humility in the regions we find ourselves in, in the province we find ourselves in, in the nation we find ourselves in? What if we are known for humility in the places that we find ourselves? You see, in Luke chapter 22, there's this argument going on between the disciples. They're literally arguing in front of Jesus, who is the greatest. They're arguing in front of Jesus, the disciples are, who's the greatest? Jesus steps in and rather than saying, guys, is this even a question? Like, it's, it's like, um, it's like a bunch of, uh, you know, minor hockey players arguing in front of Wayne Gretzky. Who's the best hockey player here? And Wayne Gretzky is their coach. Like, are we, are you guys serious? What a, what a Canadian reference. Like that is the most Canadian reference I've ever made in my life. And afterwards they went in Timbits and, and Wayne Gretzky taught them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but it's like the disciples are completely unaware that the greatest in front of them is Jesus and Jesus doesn't come in and establish his greatness. Instead, he says, whoever serves one another the most is actually the greatest. Jesus flips status upon its head. And you see, I think that this is the right thing to do. I think that this is the, the, the right way to go into the future. Because for me, when I look to people that I wanna be like, I'm actually not looking to the most proud person around me. I often look to the most humble person around me. But so often we're so stuck in trying to get more that when we try to get more, we listen to people that are so prideful in their ability to get more and these influencers and these people with status on our social media that we actually, in our effort to get more and, and, and be more and all the rest, we actually find ourselves starting to move towards trying to be more prideful when Jesus is saying, hey, we need to not be known by who we avoid. We need to actually be known by who we serve. Hey, the Levite and the priest were known by who they avoided, not by what they gained in that situation or the time they gained or the resources they didn't let leave their purse in that day. What they were known for in the story was passing by and avoiding somebody. I never want to be known for my avoidance. I want to know, be known by who I 
serve. I don't want this just to be something that I'm about, but as lead pastors, we want our church to be known by who we serve in this region, by who we serve in this nation, by who we serve in this world, because we want to be known by our serving. We want to be known by our humility and and see opportunities for impact, not just be opportunities, but be known for moments of impact. You see, we got to look in the mirror and realize that as we look out on the world before us and we get so competitive with one, with one another, I used to have a, 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 a saying on my phone that said, look in the mirror. That's your competition. Every day we need to look in the mirror and say, God, how can I be better than I was before? God, how can I be better than I was yesterday? God, how can you refine me today in a way that I wasn't refined yesterday? We got to show up to the opportunity that God has for us going, God, I am ready to be used for you. We need to be known church as a church that is known for humility. We can't allow status to get in our way. We can't allow the, 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 uh, the belief that we are somehow less than the world as Christians, not allow us to step out and help those that are desperately in need. We need to step into all that God has for us. Second thing I believe that actually really kept the Levites and the, uh, the, the Levites, uh, the Levites, sorry, and the priest from helping uh, this man. And I see it today that keeps the church from helping those around us is resources. Resources. It actually costs us something to serve those who are in need. Do you know it actually costs us something as a church to be able to do this every single week? You know that we're, we actually have to actually purchase things to serve people with the good news of Jesus? You realize that it's actually costing us something every time we need to help somebody? We need to realize that it is actually departing with our resources that actually allows us to serve people in the places that we find ourselves in. But so many of us are so tied to getting more that we can never capitalize on the opportunities for impact that are in front of us because we're more consumed with getting than we are giving. The ironic thing is that God's not even asking us to give what is ours. He's asking us to give what is his. Can I stop for a moment and just talk about this idea of tithe and financial generosity and giving the extra shirt off of our back to those who are in need? You see, for so many of us, when it comes to giving back to the church or it comes to giving to those who are in need, which, by the way, those things are not in competition. They are both commanded. And you can't choose one or the other. God says, bring your tithes and offerings. You know, we're, we're both to give to the temple of God, the church, and we're both to give to those that we see in need. It's not a competition. It's a both and scenario. It's not either or. It is both and. And for so many of us, we get so consumed with where we're headed in life and the opportunity for impact in our own lives that we're actually missing out on the opportunity for impact that is all around us. Ironically, it is not those that are most generous with their money that are most fearful for their financial futures. It's actually those that are under the oppression of finances, those that are actually serving money as an end that are actually more oppressed and tied to the finances that they have. And it's those that are open with what God's given them that actually have the most release into what you see into the future. I've never seen a generous person, I've never seen a generous person that is worried about what they're going to eat the next day. They're full of joy. They're full of excitement. They're full of ready to serve the people around them and give back to what God has, uh, God's, God's uh, uh, brought them into because they realize where it's come from in the first place. 
There is this incredible story in a book that I read um, a, a little while ago by a guy named ba ba uh, Robert Morris. Robert Morris um, tells this his own parable of what it looks like um, for the church to give back. And uh, he said, it's like a man. He's going away on a journey. And he says to uh, his servants, it, it sounds very biblical, doesn't it? Uh, sends, uh, gives some money to his servants. To, he gives them each $10,000. And he says, hey, um, while I'm gone, I want you to take care of my wife as well. And all I ask that you, when you get given $10,000, you send my wife $1,000 so that she can live. Okay, every month I'm going to do this. You get $10,000, send my wife $1,000. So he follows up with his wife and he says, hey, um, how's, how's it going? Um, out on, on this journey, how, have they been sending in the money that I've asked them to give? Um, and they said, uh, and she said, well, you know, um, yeah, the first guy, he's been giving me a thousand. The second guy, he's been giving me 2000. I don't, you only told him to give back a thousand. And the other guy, you know, the first time he gave 800, second month he gave 300 and the third month he, he hasn't really given any. And he just says, how angry would that guy be? How angry would he be? You're literally allowed to do whatever you want with the 9,000. One of them chose to give above. How angry would you be when you say, I've given you 10,000. And yet what the author of this book was saying is that is exactly what happens between what God's given us and what he's expecting us to give back to his church. You know that God views the church as his bride and he's gone away, but he's coming back. And everything he's given us, he's saying, hey, I'm giving you some discretion on how you use this. But the first 10% belongs to me. And for some of us, we're going, yeah, screw that, you know? It's interesting because the other day, I was asking my son for some, uh, for some goldfish crackers. I was like, Theo, can you uh, give me some of those? I was hungry. Give me some of those goldfish crackers. No. You know how offended I got? I'm kidding. I didn't get that offended. But I was like, this is crazy. You wouldn't have goldfish crackers if it wasn't for me. All I'm asking for is a little bite. See, for some of us, we need to begin to understand that when we go out and there's this opportunity for impact, we're not even giving what is ours. In fact, I think what we need to realize as a church is that we need to just start lending what we've been borrowed. We need to start lending what's been borrowed to us. Because as we go out, it's, it's time to start making a kingdom impact and we must capitalize on the opportunity in front of us. I did a, a funeral for a man who took his own life on Saturday. It was terrible. And the, um, the, the wife of this man um, didn't have much to give, but she said, hey, um, here's $50 for the drive home. And I just couldn't, I couldn't use it. I, there was, I wouldn't want a profit on this, on this funeral. Here's some, here's some money for the drive home. And you know what I did? And I'm telling this because it wasn't my own. I, I, I literally, I, every, I, I bought McDonald's. I mean, I was like, well, this is enough to go to the keg. You know, I was thinking about it, but I decided to go to McDonald's and pay just for everybody else that was behind me um, with whatever was left. So I, you know, I spent $10 and $40 and, you know, I drove it slowly not to get recognized, but just to see the reaction of the people behind me and the joy on their faces. And I began to realize that it was so easy to give that money away because I didn't really feel like it was mine anyway. But how often do I view all of the other money I have as stuff that's actually Brandon's? Stuff that the Richardsons have accumulated. Stuff that, that I've worked so hard to get. And the truth is, is that I have nothing that hasn't been first given to me by God. There is nothing that I have that God did not first give me. And I need to continue to give back all that is God's. It is ridiculous for us to think that somehow it is 
It is in our ability to deny God what is actually his. It is ridiculous for us to think that somehow God hasn't factored into the equation of what he's given us, that we should also be giving to those that we come alongside and, 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 and give to them so that they may have, a, we might actually have a kingdom impact in their lives and, and actually, um, actually see the kingdom spread through the way that we love one another. You know, I had a thought while I was in that drive-through. How crazy would it be if as, uh, as a city, all of a sudden, at all these different drive-thrus, people just had their, their, their meals paid for. And then all of a sudden, people started asking like, you know, I'm gonna pay for the people behind me. And they started asking, this has been happening a lot. Who are you guys? And we had the opportunity to share, hey, we're a church called Slate Church. We believe in Jesus Christ. You know, all the, listen, I don't think it needs to happen in drive-thrus, but what if, what if, I'm just, I'm just musing, what if we actually used the gifts and the resources and the responsibilities God's given us. What if we were known in this city that there's just some people out there, they've just been above and beyond ridiculously generous with what they've been given. And what if we were just known as a church that was generous with what God has given us? I wonder how that would that would shift a world's narrative on what they believe Christianity is all about. Listen, I was born selfish, but I was born again generous. I believe for you today that while you might be selfish in this moment and even having a hard time thinking through what would it look like to give my money away? What would it look like to tithe for the first time? What would it look like to go back to tithing even though we've gotten away from it? Some of us are so so scared. We are, we are more fearful of a pandemic or a, a uh, more, more fearful of a recession than we are of God. And he's the one that's given, us, given it to us in the first place. What if we begin to realize that I was born selfish, but I get to be born again generous in Jesus name. Come on, it's time for to take this opportunity for impact and put it into practice. Finally, I want to talk about time. Time was one of the things that held the Levite and the priest back because we got places to go. I've got to go do the Lord's work is probably what they were thinking. And yet Jesus says on the way to do the Lord's work, you're missing the Lord's work. It's interesting how so many times we allow our schedule to dictate whether or not we're going to help the world that we live in. For some of us, we're overscheduled and that's a problem because we don't leave, as we were talking about last week, margin for a miracle. But for some of us, we're so loosey-goosey in our schedule, we can't even keep up to everything that's going on in our lives. And it leaves us distracted for the opportunity in front of us. You know, this past week, there was actually a pretty big meeting I was, I was on my way to. And I was trying to get there. And all of a sudden, I was flying through an intersection, just driving uh, normal, normal, fast, you know, uh, you know. Even pastors sometimes drive over the speed limit. I was doing like 51 and a 50, you know, not too bad. I'm just kidding. It's probably a little bit more than that. And I flew by this 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 car and it had it four, it, its four ways on. And I realized, oh dang, something's going on. And all these cars are flying past this car. This, this happened just this past week. And this is a different story because I shared these stories that somehow, but I, I, I realized this person's in need. And so I, I do a U-turn and I come back and, and I, I roll down my window on the way back on the other way. And I go, do you need help? And this old woman, and she's like, yes, I can. And she's in hysterics. And I go, oh my gosh. And so I whip around, I, I pull into a parking lot, I run across the road and I say, hey, just stay calm. She's like, my battery's died, I can't call CAA. I, you know, I don't know how to call And she's trying to start a car, her, her engine had clearly like blown up. Like it was a bad scenario. Okay, do you have your foot on the brake? Yes, yeah. And I'm trying to do all this different stuff. 
and I'm trying to get the car in neutral and, and finally we figure it out and I push it and I'm just thinking in the back of my head, she's got my phone cause she's trying to call and I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm supposed to be at a meeting and I should like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't have stopped and I'm starting to feel guilty for that and all the rest and I'm going like, that's such an important, and now I can't even tell them that it, why I'm late and I'm running late and she's on the phone with CEA and I'm like, can you hurry? I'm pushing her back and all the rest. And I had had to stop in the middle of it and go, you know what? This is what God has commanded us to do to sometimes recognize when God's work comes before God's work. <laughs> when God's work sometimes, because there is need in the moment and then there's need over time. Listen, God is calling us all to recognize that time is one of our most precious commodities. And when we can spend it on others, we are capitalizing on the kingdom opportunity and the opportunity for impact that is in front of us. You know, there is something called the bystander effect. That's when we see a need, we just assume everybody else is going to take care of it. But I think it's time to stand up and say, we're no longer going to have a bystander effect. We are now going to uh, have a standby effect. I'm on standby for God to continue to call me into anything he wants us to have. I'm not going to have a bystander effect and assume somebody else is going to jump in there and do it. I'm going to have a standby effect that says I'm on standby for the kingdom of God. If there's a need, you give me a call, God, because I'm going to be the first on, uh, on scene. I'm going to be a first responder to the need that is in front of us. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be on standby for the kingdom of God. If you've ever seen somebody on standby and, and they used to have their, their pagers on them and that pager would go off. And, and, and if you ever around a, a volunteer firefighter, they look at it and go, I've got to go to a call. It doesn't matter if they're in the middle of Christmas. It doesn't matter if they're in the middle of, of what God knows what, when they got that page that there was an emergency, they go and they meet that person in their place of need. I'm not saying neglect your family. I'm not saying neglect um, smart use of your finances. I'm not saying neglect the things that we need to use wisdom in. But what I'm saying is that when God shows us that there's an emergency in front of us, that somebody is struggling with mental health to a point they can't handle it on their own, that somebody is stuck in the middle of traffic and fearful that somebody's going to slam in behind them, when somebody is in an emergency, that we are on standby effect and we go in and we rush in with the good news of the kingdom of God because we know that the world can be changed by people that are loving their neighbor because that's what God has commanded us to do. I'm calling it premeditated care. You've heard of Medicare in the States. I'm calling it premeditated care. We've got to have premeditated care for the people around us. I've already decided before I've come up to a situation that I'm going to jump in and help with the love of God. There's no question. There's no, there's no um, wondering whether or not I should help when a, a need arises in front of me. There is only a pre-decided decision in me that says, you know what, when I come across a need, I'm going to do everything in my power to help meet that need because people need to know that Jesus loves them. What are the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. What is the second? Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus is saying, whether you like somebody or not, a Samaritan stopped for a half-dead, beaten Jew on the side of the road and brought a love that only God could reveal to somebody that was so hurting. We need to realize that God has given us everything that we need to do everything that he has called us into. Practically, church, we have an opportunity to give back to the church financially. We haven't talked about finances in this entire pandemic because the truth is, is that God's been taking care of us as a church, and many of you have been faithful. Many of you have probably been less than faithful. This is your opportunity to give back to what God is doing through the ministry of Slate Church. 
You could join City Impact. Many of you might not know that one of our recent initiatives, City Impact's been running this entire pandemic. They've been doing great things. Follow Jeff Brubaker on Instagram just to see that every Saturday we are in community serving. We're doing many, much more things than just that. But just recently, we got involved in Waterloo Region in something called a better tent city. And in a better tent city, they're trying to get people, um, people that are, are displaced and homeless to actually have better shelters to live in than just popping up a tent or a tarp in a park. And they actually provide them with like tiny houses at the back of a, a, of a prestigious property in, in, in Waterloo. And we've actually gone in to help them and provide meals in a better tent city. Listen, there's so many different ways to get involved through our church and what God is doing. It is time for us to realize that God has given us status and, and resources and time to give back for the opportunity for impact that is in front of us. Just how, how much of a difference can we make in the world that we live in? I want to remind you today, or perhaps tell you for the first time, that Jesus died on a cross for your sin. He was the ultimate good, good Samaritan that saw us half dead in our sin and in our mire and in our pain and perhaps being beaten down by others. He was a good Samaritan that stopped, stopped all of history to die on a cross to say to you, if you're so hurting on the other side of this, if you're feeling half dead, if you're feeling broken and beaten down, he died on a cross to say to you, hey, you've been trying to get life in your own power. Receive the power that I paid for on a cross. He died a sinner's death. He paid the penalty of a sinner so that we wouldn't have to try to pay that penalty over and over again by ourselves. All we have to do, we don't even, we do not have to, we do not have to beat ourselves down anymore in order to come into God's presence. All we have to do is come as we are, accept the free gift of salvation, which is accepting and believing that Jesus died on a cross. It's all we have to do and receive the free gift of life. If that's you today, you wanna to make that decision. If you're watching live in the comment section right now in the chat, there's gonna be a button that says, I wanna raise my hand. It's just gonna indicate an outward indication that you're making this decision right now. If that's you, I encourage you to click that button. But if that's you and you're not watching live, I encourage you to just close your, cl close your eyes, bow your head. I wanna pray for you. Jesus, in your word, in Romans, it says, whoever believes in their heart, confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, will be saved. It means that we get to spend eternity with you. We don't have to worry about hell. We don't have to worry about anything else. We get to spend eternity with you, but we also get to experience the blessing of eternity now as we continue to live our lives. May you pour out your spirit on everybody that is making this decision to believe and follow Jesus today. Because we know as we, we come as we are, but you don't leave us there. We thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. In just a moment, Pastor Victoria is gonna come up and she's actually gonna give you next steps. I wanna pray for anybody else that's been deeply wanting to make an impact in this world for Jesus. And maybe today God's been nudging on your heart. It's time to capitalize on the opportunity before you. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, I pray for anybody that's been slacking on the opportunity that is before them. God, we give this up to you today. We believe in Jesus' name that you're gonna use us for great things. We love you, we thank you. Provide us, not just with a nudge, but provide us, God, with a, a holy discontentment inside of us that would, that would cause us to premeditate the care that is in front of us. Help us to, help us to make decisions today on giving back to you and your church financially out of what you've given. Help us today to realize that our time, our resources, our status is all yours as we serve the world around us and live out 
this opportunity for impact. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I love you. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you tune in uh, to everything we've got going on. It's all coming at you through social media or on our website. Love you. And uh, as lead pastors, we're praying for you. We believe in you. Talk to you later. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Brandon, for that message. Let's make sure, church, that we are uh, leaning into this message, that, that, that it doesn't just stay here on Sunday, but we actually take that with us into our week and that we actually apply that. And I just want to encourage you as well, if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, that is the best decision that you could ever make. But that is just the start of your journey with Jesus. And we would love to come alongside you. So again, we would love for you to fill out a connect card so we can just get in contact with you, answer any questions you might have, resource you, and just equip you to as you walk out this, this new journey of faith. And also, we have something happening after all of our services our service times right after the service, we have something we call Next Steps, which is really what it is. It's about you taking your next step in your faith here at Slate Church, whatever it might look like. So it is happening over Zoom with, with some of our leadership team. It's a chance for you to hear a little bit more about our church, who we are, our values, what's ahead for us, and it's just also a chance for you to ask questions. So we would love to see you there right after the service. And parents, make sure that you stick around because Slate Kids is happening. So make sure that you, you stay for that. It's going to be a great time together. Well, church, have a blessed week. We love you. And uh, we see you next Sunday. Kenzie, how's it going? Good, 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 good. Hi, Slate Kids. So Slate Kids is now. Slate Kids is now.
Thank you.